0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with A Plus game managers. And now here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We just had one of the most entertaining weekends of college football that I can remember. And lot to get to this episode, but unfortunately, we have to start with our beloved Nebraska Cornhuskers. Georgia Southern beat the Huskers 45-42, and Scott Frost has now been fired. It appears that he got the full $15 million buyout. Nebraska decided it was not worth just waiting here. Get three it more out. weeks. Get out. Had to get him out, and with big noon kickoff coming on Saturday and just kind of all the the bad vibes around the program and the bad publicity it would be if frost were still the head coach i kind of kind of don't blame him it's not my money so uh i can you know someone else i thought you were the biggest i thought you were a big donor well i like to i like to keep that under the radar ryan that's true mr anonymous uh so what are your guys thoughts now that we're it's finished here at the the end of the scott frost era and then more positively what are who are some of the candidates that excite you all right well negative first i mean
0: just the worst tenure you could have ever imagined for Scott Frost. There was not one point where it was like high. I mean, maybe after the first year ended and going into the second year where you thought, like, oh, okay, they're going to make a good transition. But like, it, it, that quickly came to a screeching halt. And there was just never a point where we were good. Uh, there was no high moments at all. Everything stunk. Every year was bad. Um, you could usually point to a coach at almost any point during his career at school that especially lasted five years. At least there was something positive. Nothing for Frost. You nobody imagined this would happen.
2: No, that's the thing. It's that's what's the kind of unfortunate and and sad because you, you knew Frost wanted it to work. It was just it was the perfect hire at the perfect time. Just just didn't work. And like I, you know, it was so fun. You know, from a Nebraska fan perspective, like honestly, the most excitement. I had as a Nebraska fan, I think in the last almost 10 years was, was watching his UCF team, kind of the final few games of that year, realizing he was probably going to be the Nebraska coach, especially after the Mike Riley debacle. It, it kind of helped keep the Nebraska fan base galvanized and, and together. Um, but you know, when you look at the era, it, we should, we should have known right away, game one, they had the tunnel walk, the kickoff, and then boom, a lightning storm can- cancels the game. Then they had to open the season against Colorado true freshman, Adrian Martinez, he ends up getting hurt. And then of course, an omen of things to come, they lose a one score game. So yeah, the team, they were just, they were always competitive, um, but just couldn't get things to sync up. Like when the offense was humming, the defense struggled, the defense, when they got better, the special teams was a disaster, you know, and then there was just a, uh, so many gut-wrenching last second losses. So hopefully the, the tide can
0: change now.
1: All right, Ryan. So who is your, your top candidate? Who do you want? Um,
0: numero uno i'd probably have to say matt campbell um from iowa state i i I know there's some husker fans online that i've been reading aren't the highest on matt campbell i think they're crazy i think matt campbell has done an unbelievably remarkable job at iowa state that's just been a terrible program forever and he's made them very very competitive in the big 12 the best they've ever been and that's that program so
1: i'd be i'd say he's number one for me Okay, so is that number one of the sort of reasonable candidates, the of the candidates yeah. that seem like there might be mutual interest?
0: Right. I mean, if I could get Luke Fickle, I'd take Luke Fickle. If I could get <laughs> yeah. Lane Kiffin, I'd take Lane Kiffin. But I just think those are too far fetched to consider them as realistic candidates. So
1: I agree. I think you gotta go take your swing, of course. Like Of course. If, yeah. You, yep. you, hear them say no. Tell tell them all the money you're gonna give them, all this. Gotta try hear to take your no. coverage. Maybe call Dave Veranda, same thing. I, again, I think all of those guys are extremely unlikely, but you got to give it a shot. Yep, exactly.
2: Then there's some other guys that are would be fine hires, maybe not the highest ceiling, but maybe could stabilize it when you hear, at least from what we've heard, you hear about Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman uh, at Kansas and Kansas State. Like Maybe not like kind of hoorah home runs, but could be give you a, a little bit higher floor, I guess.
1: Yeah, all, all the guys we're listing are just solid coaches that's that's kind of what i think nebraska is looking for here you would live love to have a solid coach who is also known for recruiting like a luke fickle but that's why that we probably are not going to be able to get that because if you have both of those you're probably too good for nebraska at this yeah, point so out of our reach nebraska still a very good job we, we talked about this uh we recorded a, a youtube episode about this as well where we kind of say some of the same stuff here but go into more detail and Nebraska is a top 25 job because you, you can recruit top 25 classes. Every coach has been able to do that. Like Ryan said in the YouTube episode, NAL, Nebraska is positioned extremely well. Great facilities, amazing fan support, Big Ten money.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're,
1: you're going to be able to pay your staff a ton. You're going to make a ton. So it's it's still it's not a top 10, probably not even top 15, but I, I think it's a top 25 job. No doubt. Indeed. No doubt about it. All right. We didn't. Well, the other candidates. Did we? We even Matt Rule, of course, the current Can't head coach him of the out. Ca- Carolina Panthers. All right. What'd you say? What is it? I stole trays? I stole. From, I'm Can't surprised rule you didn't him say. Out. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well done. Right. No, that was well played. <laughs> right. That was well played. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but the timing might be tough there, where he's of course not fired yet. Maybe. Maybe he'll yeah. have a, a good yeah. year. But even if he does have a bad year, would he be available when we would like to hire him? Slash, would he be interested? Not sure.
0: But I think yeah, he'd be a good I think hire. we'll
1: make that decision probably before
0: he would get canned. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, know. NFL season starts a little late already. You know, they play well into January. And Nebraska probably wants to get a coach early-ish December, soon as the conference championships start going. So that might not work time wise.
1: Right. All right. Well, if you want more on that, you can check out the YouTube episode. But let's uh let's get to our other takeaways. Uh from this past weekend ryan what's your first one um first takeaway is that usc
0: is a typical lincoln riley team uh usc they they beat stanford they get get worse every single year is that what oh that's
1: right
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. never gonna (laughs) win anything we'll see we'll see uh they beat stanford 41 28 uh it was another impressive performance by their offense they had 35 points by halftime um and kind of let up I guess a little on the gas in the uh in the second half but through two games Caleb Williams is thrown for about 600 yards, six touchdowns, no picks, completing almost 80% of his passes. You know, the all-American pit transfer Jordan Addison at receiver paying huge dividends already. He's got four touchdowns averaging well over 100 yards. So, no surprise, right? Uh they got a great offense with Lincoln Riley. Defense has still some concerns they've been living living off turnovers. Uh, so far getting lucky in that department uh, four in each game they've played so far
1: and some benefit uh, pretty nice timing on the some of those picks yeah. too near stanford, the goal line <laughs> stanford was yeah they had two goal line turnovers in that first half it should have been basically a tie game or close to it the right. way stanford's offense was playing they just were coughing it up
0: yeah and you know rice had some pretty careless turnovers in their game so i think you know these first two games may be a little misleading about the defense. So I think it kind of looks like typical, like, hey, USC's like Lincoln Riley's normal teams at OU, they're just going to have to outscore, pe- outscore people because they ain't going to shut them down on defense. That is correct.
1: All right, my first takeaway is from the Texas-Alabama game, crazy game. Um, yeah. it's So this game might have had a different outcome if, if Quinn Ewers stayed healthy yeah. because – the offense yep. changed when he went down. He was playing extremely well. A relatively small sample, but still, he he made a couple great throws, and it ended up Texas just had to settle for too many field goals. Uh, it seemed like one of those they should have gone for it. You know, you just you, you kind of want to put Alabama away if you have the chance. Yeah, and they weren't able to do it. Um, and Hudson Card, of course, he he also now has an ankle injury, but it yeah, was yeah, he uh, was hobbled. Yeah, not the. He just definitely did not do as well as Quinn Ewers. But my takeaway, though, is not about that. It's Alabama needs to improve offensively if uh, if they want to live up to what we all thought they were going to be this year, which was, for me at least, I thought they were clearly well, – oh, not clearly, but I thought they were the best team in the country. And they still might be. There's, there's a lot of season left, but offense needs to get better. They weren't able to get any deep balls still remains to be seen who's going to step up at receiver and be yeah. you know anywhere close to what they've been used to the past several years they've been stacked now it's like who's the go-to receiver it's 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 hard to say offensive line wasn't very good in this game they they had to have Bryce Young bail them out and he yeah. did that Especially one that play he avoided that one sack oh that was yeah. that was huge that was that was yeah, like he, the game <laughs> it really was he had a great fourth quarter Bryce Young but the rest of it they, the passing game was unsuccessful so and texas got so
2: unlucky on that that safety intentional grounding targeting
1: like roughing the pass. oh my gosh yeah i think ultimately they got that call right but it was a very very close to being something bad or yeah but um also just the the fact that we missed out on auburn the kicker named auburn beating alabama come on that was just too good Uh, to be true (laughs) auburn it's too good to be true
2: it really was that was a clutch kick he had, though.
1: Yeah. All right. my uh,
2: My first takeaway is Anthony Richardson and Florida. It's funny how quickly storylines can change. You know, everyone praised Richardson last week after they beat Utah. He showed up on some Heisman lists. Well, Kentucky pretty much shut him down. Fourteen to thirty five, only one hundred forty three yards through two picks, uh, and and really the two picks were. What cost on the game? Uh, one was a terrible decision, was a sixty-five yard pick six, and another one that was just like really bad, right to a defender on a short pass, and they returned it inside the five. So Kentucky's defense really generated their offense because because Kentucky's offense wasn't that great. The D really won it for them, but uh, but the Wildcats they got 2 gimmies in the next couple weeks to start four zero. They get Chris Rodriguez back for their showdown at Ole Miss on October first, but. Anthony Richardson still has got to prove himself more against these better defenses with his arm.
0: They're not going to win games if he's throwing 35 passes. That's just not, to me, that's not going to be the recipe. They got to run more. Um, I, I was surprised they threw that much, honestly. But, anyways, moving on. Uh, my second takeaway is the Big Ten West in general. It is very bad. Um, <laughs> o- only Only one team in the Big Ten West is undefeated right now, and that's Minnesota. Um, after beating Powerhouse's New Mexico State in Western Illinois. Um, Wisconsin, the yeah, Yeah, the Leathernecks. Wisconsin lost 17-14 to Wisconsin this past week. Um, oh, wow. You know what? Yeah. They kind of beat themselves
1: <laughs> when you think about it. They lost to themselves. Oh, what did I say? Well, did they lose to Wisconsin? You said Wisconsin yeah. lost to Wisconsin. <laughs> no credit <Well>. to Wazoo. <laughs> Wisconsin beat themselves. <laughs>
0: well... Kind of look like it. Um, they were favored about 17 points. Uh, lost that one. Uh, Nebraska, as we know, lost to Georgia Southern. Favored three touchdowns or more. Northwestern lost to Duke as about a 10-point favorite. Uh, Iowa, Iowa lost to Iowa State um, and has the worst offense in college football. <laughs> Illinois lost to a bad Indiana team. And the last team is Purdue, who they lost to Penn State, which, you know, that's fine. That's not no, So Jerry's jury's still out on them, but, man did you
2: see how northwestern lost they like they fumbled like at the goal line on the final drive like he was he was in the end zone and like at the one foot line he fumbles into the end zone and then otherwise they
1: could have tied it brutal crazy all right my next takeaway is that the the marcus freeman uh air quotes upgrade over brian (laughs) kelly may have been too good to be true because everything was so positive this offseason for notre dame seems like a lot of fans weren't unhappy to see brian kelly go marcus freeman was immediately beloved they kept tommy reese uh, as the offensive coordinator which everyone was super pumped about the recruiting class has been insane everything seemed great and some of that still is great the recruiting still still going well but now notre dame of course went down to marshall at home 26 21 uh the offense was terrible tyler Buckner has not been good and he's now out for the season at quarterback so drew pine takes over offensive line has been a major disappointment and marcus freeman is zero and three if you count the the bowl game last year so i i think right now if you're a notre dame fan the hope is that you can get to eight and four this year and that's going to be tough to do um and then you know do you keep all those recruits if if you end up having a, a pretty underwhelming season we'll see um it's you know there's still a lot of they promise in and and four. They'll be fine, but yeah, in four, they'd be fine. But again, that's going to be tough to do. And yeah, the recruiting class I'm sure will still be very good. I'm, I'm not, this oh, is not yeah. time to panic, not but, doom and gloom. but it is just like, okay, we don't have Brian Kelly anymore. And that might, that might show. Yep. Uh, my next takeaway overtime games,
2: uh, there were quite a few overtime games and some that were pretty impactful. Uh, Baylor-BYU was an insane game with some mis- miss kicks. I think we're going to dive into that game, though, soon. Tennessee won at Pitt in overtime, in large part actually due to their defense. They, they stopped Pitt in overtime from scoring. Because um, Tennessee's offense, they fumbled twice, had a block punt, but still got the W on the road. Uh, so that was a good win. Texas Tech knocked off Houston in double overtime. They each scored in the final 30 seconds of regulation, and then Houston scores first overtime. Texas Tech had a 4th and 20, and they ended up getting it. To And they ultimately tied it and then scored in double OT to knock off Houston. So that was a big win. And then the Jayhawks, watch out for them. 2-0 and now. They went into Morgantown, knocked off the Mountaineers. Neil Brown's seat's getting warmer. West, um, West Virginia, they scored 11 points in the final four minutes to tie. But KU... They got the rare thirteen-point overtime win. They scored yeah. first, and then they had a pick six, uh, and then just kind of some notables. Texas San Antonio, probably the most exciting first couple games. They had a two over. They've had two overtime games, and then this one they they pulled out against Army, and then finally Eastern Kentucky won <laughs> in seven
0: overtimes at Bowling Green. Wow, that's crazy! An amazing amount five, of games. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and this one I'm about to talk about was another good game. It wasn't pretty to watch, but A and M. What's wrong with A M's offense? Uh, Oof! All yeah, it's All three of us bros, are, you know, we've been believers of Jimbo um, at AM, but man, he's really starting to make it hard to keep the faith after losing to Appalachian State at home. We've also wanted him to hire a real offensive coordinator, that's or a modern offensive fair. coordinator. Yes, that's that's true um yeah they only scored 14 points um that i guess app state, who seven gave up was seven was a kick return even there you go exactly so but app state gave up 63 the week before to north carolina so that's that's not a good look uh haynes king was 13 of 20 for just 97 yards uh they had a couple turnovers i mean just a really horrible offensive effort there should be much better and it needs to or else jimbo's gonna you know People are going to start to unhappy down there. I'm sure they are already, but you mm-hmm. know, like really unhappy where he put himself on the hot seat um, because he really hadn't been yet. This is no, no. He's and they got they got a tough stretch of like eight games. They could lose like any one of these next eight games. Uh, there's no gimme. So he, he he could start off. He needs to get a good win this week against Miami. That would
1: yeah, you know, that would that would, would help things for things sure. And they're favored to do it. So they're yeah. they're still highly thought of. And but uh, but yeah, I mean, just think though how this team. Would be if they, if two years ago he had hired like a, a Jeff Levy type or Kendall Bryles, someone like that. I just yeah, feel exactly. like, because they're compiling talent, they're going to be, you know, they're still good. Number freshmen, one class so. ever. Yeah, like, they're just going to be good in the coming years and stuff, and maybe this year, but you really want to untap yeah, the potential on offense. <laughs> yeah. They could be national title good though if they right. had a legit offense. All right. My last takeaway is that BYU is a legitimate playoff dark horse. Ryan, thank you. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's—they are—they're underdogs this weekend. So the listeners, think this could come to a screeching halt. But dark horse still means okay. you have a very low chance. But it just means you're in the discussion. You got a okay. shot. They beat Baylor okay. in a crazy double overtime game. That's a good win. Uh, they did it without their two best receivers, Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney, and. Yeah, we, we talked about this before the season. Their schedule is is tough. So, it, but there was tough, but also there's no like sure loss on the schedule. You know, they no, don't go yeah. at Bama, no Georgia, exactly. Yeah, like. But it, there's a lot of coin flip games in there that they're capable of winning. And if all those coin flips go their way, then they could have a great season. And yeah, there it's one coin it flip like down. So we we've Baylor, still Arkansas, we've Oregon, still got Notre Dame. Yeah, Fresno, at Oregon, Notre Dame in Vegas, points. Arkansas at home. You know, maybe at Boise State, we'll see if uh, you know how Boise yeah. State is. But uh, they've, uh, you know, one one step down. Yeah, oh, and
2: that atmosphere was electric the other night against. Oh uh, man, Baylor. everyone that was cool with the what is it the
1: Cougar tails? What did they call those? Oh uh, yeah,
0: oh yeah, the, oh, yeah, the, the big big Cougar tails. Yeah,
1: and those are yeah. those are maple maple donuts, right? I didn't yeah, even know. But I they don't know what delicious. it looked like to me. Yeah, they, they look. You see them passing excellent. one around. Oh. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> that was gross. Yeah, <laughs> not, not
0: sharing that with five people. No thanks. No. No, I wouldn't uh, get it. That's just huge, man.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah good
0: point. What are you supposed to do?
1: Eat the whole thing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to share. I'd share it with my wife, but uh, oh, of course, not with five random other people. I wonder how much it would. <laughs> I wonder how much they cost. Don't know.
2: Hmm. All right, the next one or my final takeaway, I guess, is Oregon State. They won a very exciting game. This was lockstep with the BYU Boise game. Uh, I was like oh. frantically flipping back yeah, and forth same. on this one. Um Fresno Oregon State beat Fresno 35 32 thanks to uh, some some cojones or stones by Jonathan Smith, because uh there were three lead, lead changes in the final minutes. Oregon State scores on a, on a chance nolan pass with a minute just just over a minute and a half. They're up three. Jake Hayner, though, drives Fresno down. He had an amazing tight window throw. I, I love Jake Hayner. Uh, they score a touchdown with a minute left, but they miss the extra point, so they're only up three, and that really kind of changed how each team played the the final drive. Because Oregon State drives down, they get to the two yard line. They were going to kick a field goal. The field goal units out there. Fresno decides to call a timeout for some reason. Yeah. Jonathan Smith says, "All right, let's roll the dice." They, they put their <laughs> offense back out. They roll Jack Coletto, the Wildcat quarterback, and he marches in for the for the score. So, oh. Tough, the, tough timeout, Fresno.
1: the timeout is always scary when the opposing yeah. team, like if they're lined up to punt on a fourth and two in the middle of the field, you know, yeah. and you want them to punt as the defense. You're like, and so when you call a timeout, you're always like, oh Oof. God, are they going to change their mind? And, and that's Smith what happened did. here.
2: But now they're they're 2-0 and and they've beaten arguably the two best Mountain West teams, Boise and Fresno, like very good start for the Beavers.
0: Yeah, yeah they're
1: legit. Yeah. All right, let's uh move on. We got a, uh an email from a listener from AP. He says, Great start to the show this season, and thank you for your hard work and commentary. Thank you very much. I mean, thank I've been you, waiting. AP. I've been waiting for somebody to thank us for the freaking work we're doing. We get no thanks, none. but none. Don't get any respect. No respect. No, we get no respect. Uh no, appreciate that. He says curious to hear your take on JJ McCarthy's stock thus far, and if you are in or out on him as michigan qb1 going forward is the heisman in his grasp this year or is it caleb williams to lose um go ahead ryan all right sure i don't think heisman's in, is really possible this year um possible well i hope you're wrong because I, I i bet him at 100 to one a couple days ago so I, I think there's i think so it's a, a very far-fetched I think there's a greater than one percent chance
0: the, the, I don't think that offense really is going to lead to huge statistics over the long course of the season. Um, and I just, you know, already missed a game. I know he was, it was kind of a QB ish battle, but that makes a difference when you're talking about stats. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I think that's far fetched, but I do think he should be the guy. I think he gives them a higher ceiling. Um, we kind of saw last year, at least a little bit. I mean, I know they played Georgia, but, um, you know they 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 need some upside to that offense. You yeah, know, to take kid, them to the kid, next step. McNamara just doesn't. It's good do but that. limited. Right, exactly. So I'd I say mean, McCarthy.
2: But Michigan is I think a lot better than than people kind of yeah. were giving them credit for. They just kind of assumed that you know, they lost those two guys on the defensive line and then they were just going to, you know, fold up shop. But like no, they're they're still good. So I don't think it's like totally unrealistic unre- for him to be in the Heisman race if they're kind of running the tables into the you know, into November. Yeah. Um, this AP, he sounds like a,
1: a fine young man though.
2: I, I'm i sure he is.
1: He likes us. All right, us. Trey. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. Michigan's the fourth best team in the country. If I were making power ratings right now, I would, I would have them behind that, that top three of, of, uh, yeah, me too. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state. Who else would you consider? Mm-hmm. You know, it's Oklahoma hard. state, you know, did you say, who'd you say? Yeah. Oklahoma state? Just saying. I mean, I guess, you know, but, uh, Clemson, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. I'm BYU. Sure. You love I don't have them quite that high yet, but maybe they're headed there. Yeah. Um, all right. He had another question. He said also would be interested to hear your thoughts on these NFL teams already starting to tank for JJ in the NFL draft in two uh, years. Is he worth the yeah. investment? What do you think, Trey? I, I,
2: the, there are, you know, all the. Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter—they're all talking about <laughs> yep. this. This is huge, <laughs> huge. And you know what? I—in fact, I think I even heard Bill Belichick. He, that's what he's doing. He's he's playing chess. Everyone's playing checkers. He's I just, just purposely losing to set up
1: for JJ. I just—I disagree. I don't think anyone's doing that. I think they're already tanking for Arch so how can you tank Oh, oh at yeah, everyone's point, tanking yeah. for JJ already so you gotta kinda look even further ahead tank for Arch yeah you're right but I but I really do Belichick wants another Michigan
2: man so you got mm. Brady now he can get yeah. JJ yeah, there you makes go. sense
1: alright well uh, thank you for that email appreciate that and let's move on to our next segment the trivia zone um, I'm gonna ask you a trivia question here
2: trivia doesn't
1: matter what it is
2: you
0: have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions,
1: it really pisses me off.
0: Trivia zone.
1: All right, so this trivia zone is about the Northwestern offense. Come on, mm. it's not mm. just against Nebraska; they're doing it against everybody. Northwestern quarterback Ryan Holinsky led the FBS in passing yards this week with 435 wow. yards in a oh 31-23 gosh. loss against Duke. The last time a Northwestern quarterback led FBS in in passing in a single week was the 2009 bowl season, if you're counting the whole bowl season as a week, uh, when who passed for 532 yards in an Outback Bowl loss to Auburn? I'm, I'm bad with times, but is it Mike Kafka? That is correct. Well done, Oh, wow, <laughs> nice job. So, I, I don't know how I pulled that out, but somehow that's very good. It is correct, but he also had a horrendous game. So, he was 47 <laughs> for 78, 78 pass attempts, Northwestern crazy. 532 wow. yards, four touchdowns, five interceptions. So, it was not a good game. Oh my Whoa. gosh. Yeah, but that is the answer. Okay. We wow. got more. Holinsky's teammate, Evan Hole. So running back had fourteen wow, re- crazy, fourteen receptions for two hundred and thirteen yards this weekend and led whoa. FBS in receiving yards. So whoa, ES- nuts! Yeah, it's ES- crazy. ESPN's weekly weekly leaders. They they have a page with uh yeah who who led each week. Those go back to two thousand four. I looked through every single week. I had to click individually. Oh so what is that? You know, like sixteen times whatever twenty, 18. give or take, and yeah. uh. There has never been a running back to lead FBS and receiving in receiving in a given week. Whoa! Excluding like <laughs> Army-Navy week, things like that. Uh, As we all thought, Northwestern would do that. Yeah. So I don't know. If anyone can find me a week before 2004, I have no way of checking that. But it had wow. to have happened at some point. But it has never happened in, since 2004. That is wild. Also, I mean, Evan Hall... Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Just
0: because there's always a receiver that goes off, you know, if all of these teams. Receive, oh, good logic, it's... Ryan. Yeah, that must be what happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know what it, you know what it is? There's probably a receiver wow, that gets more, more yards. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh
0: man. Oh man. Uh, it's, it's receivers fiery, catch right. back. Exactly. <laughs> 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 that's
1: what it is. That's what it is, Trey. <laughs> Receivers catch. And running well, by surprise, that has never happened before. Oh, Why? Well, but, but I'm aware of the reason it's happened. It never happened. All right. So, more. I have more. So, Evan Hole became the first player. I, I don't want to do the podcast with you anymore, <laughs> First player in history to have at least 14 receptions and 10 rush attempts in the same game. Just, it's a kind cool. of a obscure stat but also i can't confirm that it's in history it's just since uh 2000 when sports reference goes back but yeah. i bet i'll bet it's never happened and then next one here i could only find one running back ever to have more than 14 receptions in a game it was 2020 that is a lot it is a lot 2020 mississippi state who was it oh uh <laughs> marks and Jacobius marks that is a good guess. No. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I think you have his name slightly wrong, but... Yeah. Right, Jacobius. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was the other running back. I'll just I'll, I'll, just tell you. You'll know exactly when I say it. Yeah. Kylan Hill. He had... Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. yeah. Duh. 15 receptions. How did
2: you get Marks and not Hill? <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know. All right, next final one here. Of players who have had over 200 yards receiving in a game... Only one player in history has had more rushing attempts than Evan Hole's 17. That was which Memphis running back in 2019? Wait, was, I kind of got confused with the yeah, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I'm throwing but... out a lot of stats here, so it's kind of good. Yeah. yeah. So, no, but, uh, of, of players who have uh, had 200 receiving yards in a game, in that same game, well, Evan Hole had 17 carries as well. Uh huh. No, he had, he had 17. Oh. 17. Okay. Okay. And Only one player has ever had more than that in a game where they had 200 receiving yards. More carries? Yeah. His Memphis running back in 2019. Davidson. Henderson. Uh, Oh, that's... No, no, not Henderson. Oh, Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. Well done. There you go. Yeah. He had 18 rushing attempts. So just some random random little fun stats I found. I maybe could have stopped after uh, the first couple, but there you have it. Mm -hmm. I like it. That was
0: good. One of them wasn't really a question, but... No, I didn't have a question fact. for one of those, but I
1: had to, I had to, I, <laughs> I I had to state my findings. <laughs> All right, let's move on to week three, make our picks here. We'll start on Friday. We've got Florida State minus two and a half against Louisville. Trey, what do you like? Yeah, it's,
2: it's two teams that I was kind of high on going into the year. Um, I'm a little more encouraged by Florida State so far, so I'm going to take them here. They're a little fresher, had an off week. And Louisville's offense just hasn't matched the success so far that they had a year ago. They struggled mightily against Syracuse, had to rely a bit more on their defense against UCF last week. And Florida State, you got Jared Verse, looks like a stud on the D-line, think he can help contain Cunningham from at least preventing him from going wild. And and Louisville, they, they've kind of struggled to stop the run. I think Jordan Travis can use his legs, along with Treshawn Ward. Um, I love the pieces on the outside with the, the two Wilsons, Micah Pittman. And, you know, against LSU, they were able to control the, the time of possession. I think they're going to be able to do the same against the Cardinals. I guess the only thing I would worry about is that it's Louisville's first home game, so maybe they regain their confidence at home.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take Louisville here. Getting two and a half points at home. Louisville has won the last two games against Florida State. Um, and I don't I don't know. I just don't see a huge reason to, to go against that trend. Uh, I like Louisville and home. Um they had a nice win last week at UCF. I know the offense isn't clicking on all cylinders, but I feel like they did at least kind of wake up a little bit in that second half. Um move the ball pretty pretty well against UCF. And I think that's a pretty good win. I mean UCF's I think, gonna be a decent team on the road. They beat them. That's a good win to me. So maybe I could just chalk up their first Syracuse game as a whatever. I don't know. Just forget about it. But maybe Syracuse is just awesome. Yeah, it's true. They're pretty
1: they're pretty solid. So yeah um take louisville i'm going with trey i'm i'm taking florida state minus two and a half if you say the offense woke up too late for me i'm out i'm out on louisville's <laughs> offense i was all the way in before the season i'm you out were. Yeah, and uh yeah i agree with trey i think with jared verse replacing jermaine johnson florida state's got a solid defense going with the seminoles okay well let's move on here uh we'll
0: go to uh see we got georgia they are favored 24 and a half at south carolina heading a Saturday here. Uh, Georgia's outscoring their opponents 82 to three so far this year. Um, so that's pretty good. South Carolina <laughs> um, evenly played game uh, against Georgia state. Kind of the first week it was a deceiving score. Then they gave up 44 points uh, to Arkansas last week. That's tough. I-, I see Georgia you know, winning the turnover battle and winning this game really easily. So yeah, I'm going to take the, the Georgia here.
2: All right. Oklahoma is favorite 11 at Nebraska. This is the big noon Saturday game on Fox. Uh, you know, there's there's two ways to, to look at this game. One, Nebraska is a train wreck trying to figure out what what to do without Frost. Or two, they rally around Mickey Joseph and maybe the new perspective this week prompts them to play better. And more often than not, I would I would buy low on a team in Nebraska's situation, but I just can't because I don't see how the defense can improve that much since they've just been horrendous. Northwestern and Georgia Southern pretty much did what they wanted. Now a top 10 offense in Oklahoma comes to town, so I think Dylan Gabriel, Eric Gray are licking their chops. You know, the Huskers' offense has been pretty good. Casey Thompson put up big numbers last year on OU. Anthony Grant, Grant's one of the most productive backs in the country, but I just don't think Big, big Red has the horses. Hope I'm wrong, but I'm taking the Sooners.
1: Agreed there. Uh, Moving on to Purdue at Syracuse. Syracuse has favored one and a half. And yes, Syracuse might just be awesome. No, I think they've taken a huge jump on on offense. Uh, I think we discussed last week their new offensive coordinator from Virginia, Robert Anai. Very well respected. Did a great job there. And he might have Garrett Schrader as a, a breakout player this year at quarterback. And so I think the offenses are are closer than people might think Purdue and Syracuse as far as um you know like a rating and I think Syracuse's 335 defense is a little bit better so give me the orange. Yeah, I like the orange. Uh okay. Uh let's move on. I
0: got uh, I got Cal at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored 11 here. Uh both offenses are you know leave quite a bit to be desired but you know, I'm, I'm going to give the QB edge actually to Cal here. Jack Plummer, um, the Purdue transfer, he I think he's pretty solid. Um, you know, and this actually won't be his first time playing at Notre Dame. He did it last year when he was with Purdue. So, no surprises for him playing a South Bend. And I'm going to take Cal. 11 seems like a bit of a lot of points for Notre Dame to have to cover. Just so many question marks about their offense. I have a hard time seeing them moving the ball consistently, even against Cal. Um, now, especially without tyler buckner and having to having to rely on drew pine so cal covers uh at notre dame
2: all right moving on to a fun one byu at oregon oregon is favored three and a half
1: oregon gets kind of a rain check here they get a or at least a, a second chance at uh showing out on the national stage mm-hmm. against georgia of course went horribly uh hard to <laughs> Hard to take much positive from from that game but last week oregon 70 to 14 against a not terrible eastern washington team i know they're fcs but the spread was only 27 so it's nice to see at least somewhat of a bounce back there but i still gotta go with byu they're just the more experienced team they've got i think the much better quarterback in jaron hall i do not trust bo Nix. still not sold on kenny dillingham oregon's offensive coordinator i think BYU can match up On the line of scrimmage with with Oregon and getting that that hook is nice. Getting the three and a half Uh, because if it's a close game, like you might expect, the way things have been going in college football, the way BYU's been playing, maybe they go to another overtime game, and I'll I'll be happy to have that that three and a half. But I will say that three and a half. Not not, sorry to interrupt. Not locking it in because Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, not sure if they're going to play in this game, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that, that's a big factor for, for those
0: guys for sure. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm taking BYU three and a half is a nice number. I think BYU is just the better team overall. Um, so if you give me that many points, I'll take them here at Oregon. Um, and I, I, I just have concerns about Oregon. I, I know they kind of ran it up on on Eastern Washington, but man, did Georgia just expose them and just they look bad. I don't I don't trust Bo Nix whatsoever. Uh, I got to see him do it against a good team before I'm going to rely on him to to win a game like this. So give me BYU.
2: Yeah. Last time we saw Nick's play a good defense, obviously he didn't do great. Now BYU's not Georgia's defense, but uh, and they're not coming in hundred percent, especially against a, that physical Baylor game that they had. But defense to me, it travels. I don't want to give more than a more than a field goal yet with the Ducks until Nick's proves it. So I'm going with BYU as well.
1: All right, moving on to Ole Miss minus 17 at Georgia Tech. I'm going to take 17 points with the Yellow Jackets. The the one FBS opponent that Ole Miss played Troy. Jackson Dart did not have a great game, so I know I, you kind of always pencil in uh, Lane Kiffin for having great quarterback play, so that might be the case, but I don't know, I'm, I'm in wait and see mode with just how good this passing game will be, and I think Georgia Tech can have just enough success, they don't have a good defense, but just enough success with the rush defense to, to get a cover. All right, uh, let's move on next. one, we got Penn State's favorite three
0: <clears throat> at Auburn last year, this was a fun game to watch in Happy Valley. What do you think of it this year, Trey?
2: Yeah, it's it's obviously a, a huge game for Brian Harson. It's going to be an orange at, orange out in Jordan Hair. Uh, but when you look at this game, early season eye test doesn't necessarily favor Auburn. Uh, TJ Finley hasn't been lighting it up. They struggled at home to San Jose State last week as a big favorite, and especially you know we saw Penn State already win a good conference road game at Purdue. And last week, freshman Nick Singleton really broke out for Penn State. Uh, Monster day on the ground against Ohio. Clifford, he's got a good receiver in, in Tinsley. But when I look at it in this game, Auburn, is they're going to rely on their solid defense. They have a, a good run defense. I think that's going to force Clifford to beat them with his arm. So it's going to be a big test for Clifford to see if he can do that because he historically hasn't you know, really hasn't necessarily been his strength. So I'm seeing more of a low scoring game. Bigsby's going to grind it out on the ground for Auburn. I'd say they keep it close on the planes.
1: So I'm going to take the three points with Auburn. Trey, I'm sure the, the Auburn fans appreciated your pr- pronunciation of, uh, of Auburn stadium. You, you were correct Jordan. there. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Good, good work. Uh, I'm impressed, but, uh, glad you noted that. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I have very little confidence in TJ Finley in the, Auburn offense going up against a top 15 defense like Penn State so I think they get shut down I'm a I'm a Sean Clifford fan this year I think Nicholas Singleton the running back giving him uh, hopefully a, a running threat to take some pressure off of him so give me Penn State yeah I'm with you too uh, Penn State here and
0: I think they have a good solid receivers uh, uh, to, to, to throw to as well so I don't think it's just all on, on Clifford um, I just think they're better on both sides of the ball so I, I'm Got to take Penn State. That's fair. I get it. All right. Kansas
2: at Houston, minus nine. Uh, never thought I'd I'd really be excited for a Kansas-Houston game other than in college hoops. But, uh, you know, the question is, how does Houston respond after that heartbreaking loss at Texas Tech? Kansas, on the other end, they come in with confidence, beat West Virginia on the road. I really like what Kansas is doing, but I'm leaning towards this game being kind of a get-right game for the Cougs. I'm not super confident in it, but I think Holgerson's going to get them rally. Um, Kansas's defense isn't much. Clayton Toon, I think, is going to get it to Nathan, Nathan, Nathaniel Dell uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And the Cougars' defense hasn't been quite as stout as originally thought, but they've faced two tough opponents. Jan- Daniels is playing with confidence, but I think Houston can outman the Jayhawks across overall,
1: so I think they will here. What was the spread in that one again? Houston's nine. favorite, nine. Nine, Okay all right next one we have here mississippi state minus two at lsu what do you think ryan ryan's yawning what the f Uh, wow sorry it's a little late guys this past my bedtime that's true um
0: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i like mississippi state here i've liked them before the season i'm high on them i gotta believe um i just think that mike leach's squad is looking good they've had a good first couple of weeks here. They had a nice win against Arizona last week after Arizona had a good win the week before. So I feel like they're coming in hot. Just I feel like their program is just so much further ahead now of where LSU is. LSU's they're a couple, like almost years now, it seems like, to where they can get to a you know solid footing. So I, I just I don't trust them at all. Mississippi State's got a good defense. I don't see how LSU is going to have success with Jaden Daniels at quarterback. So I, I'm all over uh, Will Rogers and Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, LSU... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to make them my lock. Okay, yeah, it sounded like... It sounded like a yeah. lock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. LSU, they put up some good numbers, of course, last week against Southern. So I think in this game, we're going to learn a lot, you know, about whether the the first three quarters against Florida State was indicative of how their offense is going to be, you know, where they didn't do much, or maybe they have turned the corner and they can start to move the ball. Um, and they're going to need to, to, to keep up with Will Rogers. He's playing with confidence in Leach's offense, um, but what's not talked about a lot is Bulldogs have a strong defense. Their corners can lock down. I'm kind of bullish on the Bulldogs this year, no pun intended. Uh, and it, it just it doesn't help that LSU lost Mason Smith on the D line. So I'm going to take the Bulldogs in Death Valley, and it should be a fun fun atmosphere at night.
1: Ooh, I thought you were going to lock it in. I know, it, it did. It so did sound like canned, it, but I was. I, I did there. I'm going to lock it in. I did. I, yeah. I did. It oh, sounded yeah. like it. I agree with you guys i'm taking mississippi state they have paired a what might be a legit top 10 defense with a mike leach offense and like ryan that, that word trust i agree i can't trust lsu now it's it's been a, a couple years now of bad play relatively speaking and so you know i need to see them turn it around before i uh pick them this would be a good win like I, I just i have a hard time seeing them pull off a
0: good win like this right now
1: yeah they're only a two point dogs so Basically a coin flip. I know,
0: I know. But going against Ryan Block, it's not a coin flip. You might as well make it like minus nine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here we go. Next game, we got uh, Texas Tech is traveling to uh, NC State. NC State's favored 10 right now. What do you think, Mike? I think this is a major trap line, guys. This is is Vegas (laughs) trying to trap us. Vegas
1: wants you to bet it. No, 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 no. no. I... I'm going to take the points with Texas tech. They lost the turnover battle and threw a pick six against Houston last week, and they still got the win. So I, mm-hmm. I feel good about getting 10 points with that Zach Kiley offense. I know NC state has a nasty defense, so that's, you know, it's, it's going to be a struggle. And, and Donovan Smith, he did throw three picks last week. I wouldn't expect him to throw three this week, but wouldn't surprise me if he threw one. Um, but for NC State, their offensive performance against ECU week one is just still front of mind for me. So I I don't – kind of like Ryan with Notre Dame uh, having to give 11, I don't want to give 10 with NC State and uh, that offense right now. So I am going to make Texas Tech my lock of the week. Mm. That line should be I- – uh, <laughs> Texas Tech minus ten, I think. Yeah, yeah,
2: you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I have the exact same logic, Mike. I'm taking the ten with the Red Raiders. Just the the red flags in that EC game stood out, um, and the Red Raiders, their defense was able to keep Clayton Toon you know, mostly in check. I think they could somewhat do the same to Devin Leary. Donovan Smith is pretty exciting at quarterback. He can make plays with his legs too, because um, he put up a good performance against what is should be a decent Houston defense. Um, so. I think NC State can win, but it'll be close.
0: Well, we're on agreement. We're all on uh, Texas Tech. I like them too. All right, all right.
2: Moving on to a fun one in Seattle: Michigan State at Washington, and the Huskies are favored three and a half.
0: Yeah, that one. That line kind of maybe surprises you a little bit, just based off of recent history. Yeah, um, but. I mean, you know, the first couple of games, Washington's look pretty good. It looks like they have an offense. Michael Penix is just kind of turned into his old self after a couple of year hiatus. So now he looks pretty good. Kalen DeBoer is just a magician getting offenses to, to turn around rapidly. Um, and Sparty's, their 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 defense is a little bit of a concern to me. Um, so I think Washington will actually be able to move the ball successfully. It's tough playing in Seattle. Seattle's not an easy place to play. So I'm actually going to take... Uh, the home favorite here. I know three and a half oh, is not your favorite line, but it's a, tra- a I'm, I'm gonna trap go- line, Ryan.
1: This is a t- if I've ever seen one before. <laughs> this is a trap. Well, I'm falling for it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This was uh it's not a trap. It, it opened Washington. I think minus one or two, and presumably Oof. they they took sharp action uh, on Washington, and so the line went up. That's that's the way it goes. So, uh Damn. but I mean earlier in the week, I I. If the line was you know Washington minus one or two, I think I would have picked them. But with that three and a half, that just kind of swings me over to to Michigan state. I just I don't know that just it seems it seems like this will be a close game and it seems like three and a half points could be valuable. You could argue Michigan State's the better team, so i I gotta take those points though I will say I think any kind of objective power ratings are probably underrating Washington's offense and Washington in general because, if you're not taking into account you know, the switch from uh, yeah. who was the coordinator well, last year. Jimmy John, Lake's crew. John, but, yeah, yeah, Jimmy Donovan. Lake, but also John Donovan to Kalen Bohr, then you're probably underestimating Washington. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: No, I mean, well, the Huskies have clearly looked better on offense, but they also, keep in mind, haven't really played anyone. So I'm going to take Sparty. Um, I will say I'm a little maybe concerned with Peyton Thorne. Hasn't looked totally sharp the first couple games. Thrown a few picks. But I think they can shorten the game, keep Penix off the field. Berger and Broussard have uh, been toting the rock so well so far this season. So even though the line kind of seems odd, I'm actually gonna make the Spartans my lock of the week. Ooh, Trey wow. Trey's
1: falling for the trap. Wow. I really, am never I'm a sucker. The I, I feel
2: like a sucker, but
1: I'm not nah, going for it. The line is the line. But uh we also don't Jaden Reed is I think expected to <laughs> yeah. play. He's he's just sore, but uh something to watch out for. Yeah. He's sore. He's <laughs> sore. I mean, aren't we all?
0: He's, he's, yeah. I, I I always find that funny when like, I coach high school basketball, and I always find it funny when a kid tells me that. Like, oh, I'm sore. Like, you kidding me? You're 16 years old. That just bugs me. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, Come wow, on. Ryan. I was never sore. At, like, I don't ever remember being sore, like, muscle-wise and into the teenager. Like, give me a break.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. Ryan's players love him, though. they do they do i tell them straight up but they laugh yeah i know all right smu Mm. (laughs) at maryland maryland is favored three this is these two teams are impossible to separate both really good offenses good quarterbacks good receiving course you got talia tungavaloa for maryland tanner mordecai for smu by the way bringing up uh talia tungavaloa we all it took us a while we all learned tua and how to pronounce his last name and now it seems like when I listen to podcasts in the media. It's like we're having to start over with Talia. It's like, guys, we learned this. Like, let's. Yeah. Oof. It wasn't it? I mean, I learned Tunga Veloa. Apologies if I'm a little off there, but that's, that's the way I thought it was. But anyway. It is. Who, who in it was particular? Just so e- call e- out, it was just so Mike. easy Ryan, to It was say you, right? Actually, now that I think about it, it was you. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're hating on me today. Well. Yeah, I legitimately, I when say? I started saying that, I didn't remember that you were one of I think you just said Tagavailoa, <laughs> which is fine. But, you said Viloa, Right. Wow, that mask. Maybe fever. I'm wrong here. Now I need to pull up Maryland's pronunciation guide. Anyway, uh, and also, so the similarities of the teams, Talia, Tanner Mordecai, receiving... To co- his brother. To his brother, exactly. And then both teams have mediocre defenses. So even game. That means, you know, home field's usually two, two and a half points. I will take the plus three with SMU.
2: That will be a, a sneaky fun game to watch, though.
1: hmm All
0: right, let's move on to uh, UTSA at Texas. Texas is favored 12 and a half um, with uh, some QB concerns. Yeah,
2: I'm, <clears throat> I'm taking UTSA. It's such a letdown spot for the Longhorns. I know that's, you know, somewhat factored in the line here, but... Everyone is patting them on the back for nearly beating Alabama. But now they don't have Quinn Ewers. Hudson Card was, was, was clearly hobbled in the second half of that game. And Texas, they need to prove that their defense has improved again. As as Frank Harris, he can fill up the stat sheet. Between last year and early this season, he's putting up big numbers through the air, capable on the ground. And they're, they're battle-tested. They already won at Army. I know it's a little different, but at Army. And then they lost a heartbreaker
1: to a legit Houston team. So I'm going with utsa i'm gonna take utsa as well i'm taking the points it, like we said earlier i just thought card was a significant downgrade from ewers um I, I like the dual threat ability of frank harris one of the top five g5 quarterbacks and his top receiver zakari franklin might be better right now than anyone texas faced uh against alabama last week <laughs> now the rest of alabama's team may be a bit better than utsa uh, but uh, yeah just a smidge, yeah, and then just kind of the motivational motivational edge for UTSA, of course. This is just a massive game for them. This is their kind of Super Bowl. Whereas last oh, yeah. last week was Texas's Super Bowl, and they came up short. Maybe they'll be a little flat. Yeah, I'm with you guys.
0: I'm all over UTSA. Um, this just like Trey said, this is this is the perfect trap setups kind of let down for for Texas here, especially without the the, the you know a clear option at, at quarterback. So. Yeah, I like Frank Harris. He's he's awesome too, so UTSA. All right.
2: This is a game that we were looking forward to in the uh the off season. Miami at Texas A&M. The Aggies are favored five.
0: Yeah, lost a little luster after A&M lost to App State last mm-hmm. week. But I'm going to go the positive direction here on A&M. I'm gonna say they bounce back. Um by by kind of low on them. I'm not you know, I'm not sold on Miami, you know, they hired a new coach, Mario Cristobal and going up against a a really good defense at at texas a&m could be a little a little bit spell a little bit of trouble there i think for the hurricanes and randomly like last year texas a&m a couple games where they just had a good offense i think this is one of those games i think everybody's down on them all of a sudden haynes king's gonna put up together a great game Devin a chain's gonna have another good a good game a&m's gonna surprise some folks and and win this one somewhat easily
1: all right i will go the other way this one was a hard one for me to pick i think spread looks about right but um, I went against AM last week because their offensive performance against Sam Houston was concerning it didn't look good and obviously last week is not gonna <laughs> change my mind at all about yeah. that their performance against App State so um, but I also don't feel great about Miami Van Dyke got sacked four times against Southern Miss still unsure about their receiving core we'll see in this game it'll be a big test for them but if both offenses struggle like I expect I'd rather take the the five points.
2: I hear you, but uh, I'm going to go back with Ryan. Uh, not oozing with confidence, but going with the Aggies. Um, I, I just, you know, I'll buy low with them. Don't exactly know what Miami Miami is yet, and this is a different beast. Uh, you know, going to Kyle
1: Field at night, it's going to be a loud, fun atmosphere. So, gig them. Okay, final game we have here: Fresno State at USC Trojans, favored. 12 and a half.
2: This is one of my favorite quarterback matchups of the non-conference slate. Jake Hayner, I mentioned before, might be my favorite. But, you know, how can you not appreciate what Caleb Williams has done with his new teammates? Keeps finding Jordan Addison for scores. Travis Dye helped spark the rushing attack last week at Stanford. You know, like Ryan outlined earlier, we still don't fully know what the defense is, but um, just because they've been relying on turnovers. But they can't, I don't think they're going to be able to rely on those this week uh, going up against Hayner defense is definitely going to be tested with his arm. Jordan Mims on the ground, averaging uh, 100 per game. He has four touchdowns. I guess the biggest question to me is how will Fresno respond after that their crushing loss to to Oregon State, especially against an SC offense that's very confident. They're fun to watch. But uh, ultimately, I think Fresno is going to be fired up to play uh, the Trojans, and they're going to give them a tough test. So I'm going to take the 12-and-a-half.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm not too worried about um Fresno's tough loss last week. I mean, you know, I, I think coming to to USC is a big enough motivational factor for them. They know if they win this one, that's just going to I don't know, make a huge huge success part of their season, a big kind of Super Bowl moment for them. Um and I, I I like you. I'm like you, Trey. I I think Jake Hayner can kind of match, you know, Caleb Williams stride for stride here. I think they're going to have a lot of success moving the ball against USC. Maybe keep Caleb Williams in that offense off the field a little bit more. Um, and don't anticipate USC winning the turnover battle for nothing like they have in the first couple games. games. Um, so yeah, Fresno
1: State, I like them here. I'm going with Fresno State as well. I, I think USC's defense is going to be finally exposed in this game. Like you said, there's just no way these turnovers are going to keep coming unless we're just Iowa of 2022. I hope that's the case. I hope somehow we just keep it. Yeah you know getting a bunch of turnovers but i I doubt it i I think yeah we got a shoot out here and i'm taking the points with fresno state think you can be plus 48 in the turnover battle at the end of the year yeah i would bet against it ryan i bet (laughs) against it yeah all right well you're on pace we are oh love love a good on pace which speaking of let's get to our questionable finish what is your favorite hashtag on pace stat or ranking that definitely won't last the season wow we did not plan that that was nice
0: nice transition <laughs> it was great am i first sorry um, <laughs> Yeah, we have minnesota uh they are number one in the nation in total offense and total defense how about, about it? Not bad? How about it? it? Happens when you play New Mexico State in western Illinois, but you know. Oh Somebody my next turn. <laughs> 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 All right.
1: Uh, Kansas is alone in first place in the Big Twelve. Wow. wow. Right. Now that's Shock. gonna last, actually. You think it's that's, gonna last? Yeah. 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 Uh North Carolina.
2: They have two guys. They're tied with the most solo tackles in the nation. Cedric Gray and Power Eccles. Great name. They each have 19, but it's kind of weird that of all the teams and players, the top two are on the same team. Yeah, that's no, pretty They crazy. have
0: played three games, but, you know. Oh, good point.
1: All right, Notre Dame head Shut coach up with your logic, Marcus Ryan. Freeman has... Well, I mean, it's, it's still <laughs> a little crazy because there's, you know, others that have played three, but... All right. Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman has converted to Catholicism. What are some ideas for coaches at other schools to ingratiate themselves with the fan base? So hear me out here. Brian Kelly. He
2: should address a pep rally with a Southern accent. He should yuck it up with the media (laughs) in his press conference. No. But then really, he could eat gumbo on the sidelines this week at
1: Tiger Stadium. Mm. Ooh, okay. Hmm that's not bad mm-hmm. i uh i think i've got a few here i think paul christ of wisconsin could switch to a diet of spotted cow and cheese curds i mm. think justin wilcox that cow could lead a climate change protest on campus Ooh, yeah that would go sure. yeah, that would be good and then yeah. at arizona state herm edwards could binge drink with some frat bros <laughs> wow that's what all that's the cool good kids call it. they call it binge drinking you guys want to go binge drinking cool. this weekend? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> LA or San Diego? Which one? Uh, Got- LA. I've been to San Diego. Oh, like, man. Gotta be like, PB. Come that, on. That, wow.
0: We're really going back to college? <laughs> All right. Um, Kirk Ferentz could fire his son, Brian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would, yeah. <laughs> that would help. I mean, I'm not sure what he's waiting for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well let's get to our upset special gotta pick a touchdown underdog to win outright I'm gonna take Kansas to beat Houston their offense with Jalen Daniels could legitimately be a top 25 offense in the country maybe I'm jumping the gun here it's very quick to say that but I don't know it's possible they've, they've been really good. last year strong yeah yeah and uh, mm-hmm. Houston coming off of a tough overtime loss I'll go against Trey's spread pick. I'll, I'll give uh, Kansas I, a shot here.
2: there, Oh That's a good upset pick. I'm feeling extra frisky here. Bowling Green plus 16.5 hosting Marshall. Marshall just won at Notre Dame, riding high. Bowling Green 0-2. They lost to Eastern Kentucky in seven overtimes. But they played UCLA very tough for, uh, for a little over two quarters in the Rose Bowl.
0: So maybe they'll catch Marshall sleepwalking. All right. I'm going to go with UTSA. Uh, they're, they're getting 12 and a half going to Texas. I'm not sure what Texas is going to show this week. I mean, as far as motivation, quarterback, I don't know if their defense is going to be able to keep it up. UTSA has got a great offense. Frank Harris is the man. I definitely think this is a opportunity for them to steal one.
1: That would oh, by be... the way, I hit mine last week. I had Kansas. Oh, Ooh. congrats. Well done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
1: I had uh, Stanford. Just, you know, they were that close.
0: Stupid, stupid
1: <laughs> turnovers. Uh no. Um that would be that would be awful for Texas. That would be awful for Sark. That I would know. just immediately erase yep. any goodwill you got from almost beating Alabama.
0: Exactly. I'm afraid it might
1: happen. We'll see. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Thank you for listening. Uh be sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you haven't already. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. What else can they do? Oh, they can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com/slash college football bros. There's a backlog of bonus episodes there. You can join our uh as a member of the Patreon, you can join our Discord server where I mean, wall-to-wall on Saturdays, we are in there discussing the games live, just texting as, as it's happening. And all throughout the week, we're talking about who we're betting. It's a lot of fun. So would recommend that, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.